Thanks, everyone, and thanks, Pastor Dexter. Sorry about the uh, reading on the screen. It was different to what uh, Pastor Dexter read, and that's my fault. I sent the wrong reading through, and a couple of minutes later, I said, oops, sorry, correction, and so something just happened there in, in the mix, so I'm sorry about that. Well, as you've already heard, uh, today is a very special day. How could we forget it? We see it advertised everywhere, and there's a great build-up to this day. Well, we're celebrating and we're honouring all mothers, and that includes mothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers. My wife is all of those, by the way. Um, that's amazing, isn't it, in one person? Uh, Great-great-grandmothers, well, I'm not sure if there would be anyone here that fits that category. Anyone here that fits that category? That would be a stretch, wouldn't it? Great-great-grandmothers. But... That's uh, what we want to do tonight and of hopefully every day of the year we celebrate and honour mothers. But today's a special day that we just set aside to say thank you mother for who you are. Thank you grandmother and if that great grandmother is around, thank you great grandmother also for who you are and what you mean to us. Well Paul mentions the honouring of mothers and grandmothers in our passage tonight. And he pays tribute to them, particularly in the life of Timothy. And he mentions a particular facet that uh, he gives thanks for and uh, that's been passed on to Timothy. Now, I guess if we looked at our mothers and grandmothers and great-grandmothers, we could write a long list of things that we are so grateful for. We've already heard some things from Pastor Dexter tonight. And we could write a long list. But the one thing that Paul picks out is the aspect of faith. If you notice from our passage, where he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. So what Paul is paying tribute to is this quality of faith that's come down from grandmother to mother and then to Timothy. So tonight we're going to just look at that very special aspect of faith that mothers uh, very wonderfully pass on to their children. Now, the particular kind of faith that we're talking about, of course, is faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just faith per se, but it's faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul himself makes that very clear in Romans 3.23. He says, this righteousness is from God, and it comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So we're talking tonight about the attribute of faith that has come down, particularly to Timothy, as we think about this passage, but certainly comes down to all of us as mothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers uh, portray this wonderful facet of faith. Now, uh, I might have explained this to some of you before who might have heard me use this story, but um, some years ago, not that long ago actually, we reconnected with our cousins. And um, this particular cousin I hadn't seen for some 50 years before. So we went to visit their house and uh, they invited us to stay with them, which we did. And the second visit, 
in which we uh, stayed with them, we started to go through some photographs. In fact, I think I used this little, this very tablet to show them some photographs of our family. They were interested in family and wanted to know what had happened to this one and what had happened to that one. So we were going through and showing them photos of the family. And uh, inadvertently, one photograph there was of uh, one of the latest books that I'd just produced, and I must have had it there uh, to use for promotional reasons, and I forgot I had it there. So here we're going through uh, family members and friends and showing them, and all of a sudden, there's my book. And uh, the wife of my cousin said, I hope I'm going to get a copy of that uh, signed and autographed. And I sort of felt a little bit embarrassed about that because uh, this particular lady uh, is not a what we would call a practicing Christian. Uh, she is uh, a PhD who spent all of her life in the social sciences and she said to me, well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a person who is a person of the mind, of reason, of ration, uh, rational uh, thinking and I, I just haven't accommodated religion at all or faith into my life. And so I sort of said to her, well, I'm not sure that you'd really want to read my book. I said, I'm really happy to give it to you and I'm happy to sign it, but I don't think you'd really want to read it. It's more for, you know, church people or Christians that are growing in their faith. She said, oh, no, no, no. She said, I have two aunties that have a very deep faith. And she said, I've always admired them. In fact, she said, I've felt envious of them because they have such a faith. And she said, I would like to inquire about that faith. I want to find out more about what this means. And so very eagerly then I said, okay, you can, uh, you can certainly have a copy and I'll autograph it for you. But to me, it just showed that there's a wistfulness, a desire within people's hearts, even those who don't have faith or don't know Jesus at all and have seen it perhaps in a mother or a, an auntie or a grandmother. And there's some wistfulness in the heart that says, I want to know about that. Even though I'm a person of, you know, of science or of reason and I, I can explain most things in life and, and faith to me is a bit of a mystery, there's something in the heart that kind of reaches out. And so I want to talk tonight about this aspect of faith, faith, and, and how Paul has sort of handled it in this passage. Just a couple of things. The first thing he talks about in verse number five, he says, I am reminded, as he talks to, to uh, Timothy, he's written this letter to Timothy, by the way, we called our first son Timothy uh, because of this book. Um, we thought that was a great name for somebody. Anyone here called Timothy? Any Timothys here? The, the name means honoring God. So as Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, I see that you have sincere faith. And that faith was first in your grandmother, then in your mother. And now that faith is in you. So Paul is paying tribute to mothers and grandmothers. And so uh, imagine what this sincere faith is. What is sincere faith? Sincere faith. Well, to me, as I thought about that, sincere faith is genuine faith. It's natural faith without pretense, without putting it on, without hypocrisy. It's uh, sincere faith that's not confined to Sundays. It's also a Monday faith, a Tuesday faith, a Wednesday faith, not just a Sunday faith. It's not confined to forms and rituals, but it's something that's pervasive. It goes through the whole of life. 
And as I thought about this, I thought, what's the one thing that really stands out about a person who has a sincere faith? And one thing that clearly stands out to me is prayerfulness. If a person has sincere faith, they'll be a prayerful person. And then I began to imagine, I wonder what Timothy saw in his grandmother and his mother. And uh, as I thought about that too, uh, the scripture came to mind that Paul wrote to um, the church at Philippi when he says, don't be anxious about any, every, anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So Paul is saying in everything that you do, present it as prayer to God, as a petition to God. To me, this was the essence of sincere faith. And so I began to imagine, I wonder what Timothy saw. Perhaps he saw this. He saw his mother and grandmother going to weekly worship. Yes, I'm sure he saw that. But I think he also saw his mother and grandmother in daily devotion, somehow, somewhere, maybe in the kitchen, maybe in the lounge room. He saw them quietly praying. Maybe he saw them with a Bible open in front of them, quietly reading their Bible. They were very normal mother and grandmother. They did all the normal things mother and grandmothers would do. But they also had this aspect to their life where there was a real, sincere faith expressed in their prayerfulness. They were not these kind of people that said, well, I have a faith, but I never pray. I have a faith, but I only pray on Sundays. Or I have a faith, but I just light a candle each time I attend you know, the church building. But from Monday to Saturday, there's very little prayer that goes on. But not in Eunice and not in Lois. Timothy watched them and he saw that there was prayer going on right throughout their week. It might not be the same time every day. It might not be even every day, but he noticed it right throughout their lives. And in Timothy, that awakened something within him. I want this reality of a communication that I can have with the God that my mother and my grandmother have. And that, again, reminded me, I've been doing a lot of uh, uh, thinking about this because of uh, the whole connection of mother and grandmother. And uh, just before we were married, I won't tell you how many years ago that is, but it's a long while ago. But just before we were married, I got a letter from my grandmother. Now, I realise she wasn't going to live too much longer after that letter, and indeed she didn't. A year or two later, she passed away at the age of about 86. But uh, she sent me this little letter, and in this letter she said, Dear Richard, I am thinking about what you said about some meetings that you were in and, and where you were speaking. And she said, it reminded me of my grandmother. And she told, in this little letter, just a small letter, she told me two stories of amazing prayers that my grandmother prayed. One for a sick baby, and then one which was a constant prayer because her husband was a Methodist minister. In fact, the first Methodist minister here in Perth in the Swan River Colony in 1840. And she used to sit at the back of the congregation, and as her husband was preaching, she would pray. Pray constantly for him, sometimes with tears. I don't think it was because the sermon was so bad. I think, I think she was praying with great um, seriousness and great anticipation that God would bless the ministry that he was bringing to that congregation. And so she told me the story of how her grandmother prayed. That was her grandmother. That means it's my twice great-grandmother, I think, something like that. Anyway, great-great-grandmother. 
So my great-great-grandmother was a woman of prayer who prayed during the services, who prayed for her children. As I thought of that, I thought, what a wonderful heritage to honour a great-grandmother who prayed. And then at the end of my grandmother's letter, written those many years ago, she said, so that's enough, Richard, I'll sign off now. And she said, I want you to know that I pray for you every day. I thought, wow, my grandmother prays for me every day. Guess what? Now, my wife and I, sometimes twice a day, we pray for our children and our grandchildren, and yes, you guessed it, our great-grandchildren, we pray for them. And we tell them, like my grandmother told me, we pray for you every day. This is what faith is about. Well, someone might ask me, quite out of the blue, what difference does prayer make? Well, let me tell you that for five generations, Christians in my family at least have been praying for their children. I'll tell you what difference it makes. It makes a heck of a lot of difference. It makes all the difference. The fact that I'm standing here today preaching in the same city that my great-great-grandfather came to in 1840, and he was a preacher and my grandfather was a preacher, that faith is passed on and passed on and passed on. And so there is real faith that's working throughout people's lives and families because of a mother and a grandmother who prayed Interestingly, that it's a mother and a grandmother that's mentioned here too. Well, the second thing is, Paul says, this faith first lived in your grandmother, and it lived in your mother. And so the second thing I want to talk about for a minute is living faith. This faith is living faith. It's not only sincere faith, but it's living faith. What is living faith? How can we describe that? Well, living faith is something that is tangible, something that's concrete, something you can hang on to, something that brings life, something that's fresh, something that brings joy, something that brings peace, something that brings affection. In other words, your Christian uh, life and faith is, is uh, motivated by warmth and reality. And it brings real worship uh, into focus so that you worship from your heart. So living faith is something that's very powerful. Now, I lived a fair part of my uh, youthful life um, going to church and Sunday school, as you imagine, with a heritage like I've got. But up until a certain point, it was a relatively dead faith. In fact, there would have been times when I said to mum, do I have to go to church again? Because faith to me was dead. There came a time when faith came alive and it was living within me. And so Paul says, because of that reason, in uh, Romans 14, 7, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not dead. And Paul also said, and the peace of God which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So I began to imagine again what Timothy would have seen in his mother and grandmother. What did he see in this living faith? Well, I think he saw his mother and his uh, grandmother enjoying prayer and worship. You know, as a young person, as I said, I'd go along to church and Sunday school sort of begrudgingly. 
It was a bit of a chore. Oh, there were some good things about it, but it was a bit of a chore. But when Timothy looked at his mother and grandmother, he saw two people that were enjoying worship and prayer. It was something they loved to do. And in his mother and grandmother was this consciousness of God's presence. He could tell when they prayed or worshipped, they really were sensing the fact that God was present there with them. There was this awareness of God being there. You see, this was a living faith. There wasn't a dead faith. This wasn't a, a statue. This was living faith where prayer was prayed and there was an awareness of the person that they were praying to. Well, what else did he see? Well, I think he saw things like peace and serenity when they were under provocation or trial. When grandmother or mother went through trial, I think he saw a real peace and a serenity as they went through it. They were human like anyone else and they'd be upset and they'd be hurt and they'd be struggling. But nevertheless, in the midst of that struggle, there'd be a peace that he noticed and he really took notice of it and it changed his life too. And then there was in these mothers and grandmother, uh, Eunice and Lois, I think he probably saw a, an impetus and an inspiration in their service because they would have been people who served others. Seeing they had a real faith and a living faith, they would have served others. And in their service, they would have served with great inspiration. It wouldn't have been begrudging, but it would have been something motivated, impelled by, by a spirit within them. And then I think he saw in them a, a love for the scripture. When they opened the scripture, they relished it. It was like eating a three-course meal. It's like eating a high tea here in Brentwood. You know, it was getting right into it and enjoying it. They loved the scriptures. I remember my mum, she's only been uh, gone a couple of years, but she was 95 when she died. But just before she died, she lived with us for a while. And she said to me, I want you to buy me every Eugene Peterson book that you can find. And so she would be downloading stuff on Kindle and she would be buying up uh, hard copies of Eugene Peterson's book and every day she'd be reading them through and I'd be kind of standing watching her, you know, devouring these books and loving them. And she was excited about every new book that came. Now, I don't know if you've read Eugene Peterson. It's not all that easy reading, uh, but she absolutely loved it because there was something in her that was alive and living and even though she has since died, I believe she's absolutely living still, living in the presence of God and relishing. She's not now relishing Eugene Peterson. She's relishing the very presence of Jesus and the presence of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and dancing and rejoicing right there because of her great living faith. Well, my grandmother one day when I was a teenager, she stopped me at the, the back door of our house. I, I can't remember whether she was going or I was going or I was coming or she was coming. But anyway, we had a little kind of a vestibule at the back of our house where the back door was. And there were f like four doors leading from this little vestibule, almost like a, an entrance to a church building it was. And uh, let's say grandma was coming in because they live next door. Grandma and grandpa live next door. And so she came in and and she had heard that we, our family, were going through quite a spiritual renewal in our little Methodist church. Some interesting things were happening in Homebush in Sydney in our Methodist church. And, and all of us were going through this renewal. And um, my grandfather, by the way, was a Methodist minister. And he was most upset that we were going through this spiritual renewal. Most upset. But on the contrary, grandma 
was absolutely thrilled that we were going through the spiritual renewal. Uh, very interesting, but there's a whole story behind that. But anyway, my mum says that uh, grandpa represented law and grandma represented grace. But anyway, we won't go into that. Um, but grandma said to me, Richard, and she almost like she lowered her tone, she didn't want grandpa to hear. She said, Richard, I am so thrilled with what's going on in your lives. I'm so thrilled. She said, when I was your age, I was going through the same thing. And she said, this is what we used to sing. And she sang a little song to me. She stood there and sang this song. You know, 85 years of age and with a little croaky voice, she sang this song. Listen to the words of this song. The lamb, the lamb, the bleeding lamb. I love the sound of Jesus' name. It sets my spirit all in a flame. Glory to the bleeding lamb. Here's this old Methodist minister's wife singing this wonderful, fervent song because of the fire that was in her heart as a teenager. And apparently, I didn't know this, but mum told me, she used to stand out on the streets of Sydney with some of the missioners from the Central Methodist Mission and preach to the people who were walking by. And they didn't just preach to them, but they actually served them and and helped them and clothed them and, and, and everything like that. And so here is a living faith. A faith that's alive, a faith that's not dead, but a faith that, as Paul said, lived in your mother, lived in your grandmother. And so it is, it should be, hopefully, with us. And then last of all, thirdly, uh, he talked about an imparted faith. So first of all, a sincere faith. Secondly, a lively faith or a living faith. And thirdly, an imparted faith. He doesn't use the word, but he suggests it when he says, the spirit God gave us. The spirit God gave us. So our faith is given to us. Now, having told you up until this point, however long I've been going on for here, 15 minutes or 20 minutes, um, I've been telling you about inheriting a faith. Well, now, I haven't been lying to you, but you don't actually inherit faith. Faith is given to you, given to you, to me, by God himself. But I think there is a real inheritance of faith also that comes down to us, that influences, that leads us to that point where we open up our hearts and we receive from God because it can really only come from God. And this is what the, um, the scripture says, to all who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become sons or daughters of God. And so it's those who actually come to that point of receiving. So although a legacy of faith can be passed on, each child must receive that for him or herself. You can't just uh, grow up, as it were, with grandma's faith or with mother's faith. There's a time when you personally, as I did personally, come to receive that faith. Now, once again, I began to imagine what Timothy saw here. And I think he saw his mother and grandmother listening to Paul one day as Paul came into Ephesus and he began to preach. And he was grandma and grandma. Uh, uh, grandma and mother rather, sitting on the front row, uh, lapping up his words. And as Paul preached, I can see their hearts and their eyes looking at Paul and then the lights turning on and them believing the gospel that he heard, they, they heard preached, receiving Jesus into their hearts. And I reckon Timothy saw them come to life 
as they received Jesus. Now, they were women of faith already because they were Jews, so they had real faith. But it was when Jesus was preached, they came into a whole new area of faith and they were born again into the kingdom of God. And so as Timothy saw that, I think he... As he grew, I think maybe the next time Paul came along, or maybe it was through his mother or even through his grandmother, he heard the gospel again that was spoken to him or preached to him. And as he heard that gospel, he opened his heart and he received Jesus for himself. And as he received Jesus, that faith was imparted to him. Now, I've, I've met many, many uh, children of Christians, of course, and I am one. Uh, I've met many children of grandparents who are Christians, and many of them have obviously not come to that point where they have for themselves opened their hearts and received Jesus into their heart. But folks, faith is not only living, and it's not only got to be sincere, but faith is imparted, and it is up to us to open our hearts and receive Jesus into our hearts for ourselves. Well, in my own uh, life's experience, I remember my mother telling me about, in fact, it might have been grandmother told me at the turn of the century. Now, hang on a minute. I'm talking about the turn of the previous century. All right. 1900. My grandmother went to a great um, rally meeting in Hobart where the Billy Graham of the day by the name of R.A. Torrey was preaching there to thousands of people in Hobart and there as a person who had inherited faith through her parents and grandparents she heard the gospel very clearly perhaps in a way that she hadn't heard it before and at that point She opened her heart and believed and received Jesus into her life. And she was a transformed person. And I've read a letter where she wrote to, I think it was her brother or one of her relatives, where she was encouraging him in the faith and saying what a great thing it was for him to come to Jesus and to be now a follower of Jesus. And and obviously she had become a follower of Jesus only recently before that, even though she was an inheritor of, a, of faith that had come down through various generations. So it was up to her to actually see and receive. And then just a little while ago, um, we were thinking about what we could do in our church. That's Mount Pleasant Baptist just down the road here. Uh, what we could do for Mother's Day. And somebody had the bright idea. It might have been me. I don't know. Um, but... <laughs> That we interview, I don't think the original idea was from me, I better not take credit for that, but we interview some older people and find out, you know, about motherhood. So I I put up my hand and said, what about my mother? So we interviewed mum, she was 90 something by then, and they asked her all sorts of questions. How did you do the washing, you know, when you were 20? And uh, how, how did you, you know, and so, and, and the younger people, as they saw the, uh, the response, uh, you know, on the video being played in, in, in church, they were just, you know, their, their jaws were dropping. They couldn't believe people used to do the things that she used to do and live the way that she used to live because it was so long ago. But um, finally, the question was put to her, and how did you become a Christian? Remembering that her mother was a minister's wife, well, she told this, the whole congregation through this uh, DVD that was playing or this video that was playing, she said, well, when I was a child, for some reason, I had this clear sense that I needed forgiveness. She was only a child. She said, I had this clear sense I needed forgiveness from God. And I went to my mum 
And I said, Mum, I just know I need to give my life to Jesus and receive forgiveness. You might wonder, you know, what she'd done wrong at that age. But um, she was very young. But she just knew that in her heart. And so her mother prayed with her. And mum said on this particular video that was on the screen, she said, I knew at that moment that Jesus came into my life. And she said, I have not looked back since all through my life. I know that I've you know, wandered a little here and there, but I absolutely know that at that moment, Jesus came into my life. And I told you about the end of her life just a few minutes ago, how she just devours anything that had to do with um, living the Christian life and growing in Christ. And so as a child, she came to that point where faith was imparted and Jesus came into her life. Well, with me, it was when I was a teenager. It wasn't until then that I opened my heart and let Jesus in. So I finished by saying this. I am so, so grateful for the legacy of faith handed down to me from my grandmother and my mother, which led me to my own personal faith in Jesus Christ. And by the way, a lifetime of serving Him. I've just retired a couple of years ago. So that's a fair while of just serving Jesus. And I give Him and my mother and my grandmother and my great-grandmother and my great-great-grandmother the credit for the fact that I'm still loving and serving Jesus. And it was only just yesterday that I was praying for you and for this meeting and sensing the nearness of Jesus Christ. And I sat there in His presence and I said, Jesus, if this is how it is, Please, if when I die, let me feel like this. Because the peace that passes understanding is absolutely amazing. And let me tell you that faith is living and it's real and it's powerful, but it can't be just inherited. It has to be chosen and believed. Your heart needs to be open. So maybe you don't have that kind of legacy. Maybe you don't have... Um, perhaps a positive background, but that doesn't matter. As you heard in the chorus earlier, the love of God is open to each and every person here tonight, and He wants to embrace you into His heart and let you know this wonderful living faith. It's for everyone, no matter what is in the background. He loves you. I'd love to just pray right now and and pray for you again. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, how thankful we are for grandmothers, for mothers who have been so faithful in handing on to us so many beautiful and wonderful things. But what could be more priceless than the gift of faith? But Lord, we know that we need to receive that personally ourselves. So whatever our background, help us. Help us to open our hearts and to receive from you tonight. Lord, I pray that if there are people here that have never done that, or perhaps who have done it but have wandered away or grown cold or whatever the case, I pray that they will be inspired either tonight or sometime in the near future to open their hearts and say, Jesus, I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. And give me your real faith. Lord, we do pray this. We pray it with all of our heart. And 
And Lord, we finish off by praying for our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. We pray too that they will know Jesus. And all these things we pray in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen.